Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Ben Jammin Butler, how are you, buddy? I am doing incredibly well, man. I am doing well. Have you ever had a muscle twitch, like uh, mm. like a spasm in one mm-hmm. muscle? Okay, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. so... A few, a few um, muscles of mine have twitched. Yeah, I have twitchy <laughs> muscles from time to time, and I read up on it, and my doctor says, oh, you need to have more, you know, this in your diet or whatever. And yeah, I've been doing that, by mineral the way. you've never heard of from shark semen. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, it's usually like manganese or um, uh-huh. magnesium, you know, is is, is how, well, it helps you absorb uh, mm-hmm. moisture or like water into your muscles, and which is go. the major yeah. cause of the the spasm okay mm-hmm. now i have noticed that in my 44 years on planet earth that i get muscle spasms when i'm under like duress usually related to stress and um <clears throat> in an, in this particular case i've had a muscle spasm now for the last like two weeks because long story but the um the drudgery of some of the items that you have to do when you're an entrepreneur especially right. in the first quarter of the year. It's typically related to taxation and, you know, bookkeeping. You got representation. Well, yeah, we're definitely represented. I don't know if I like (laughs) who's representing us, but I will say we're represented uh, for the most part and, um, uh, go team America. So we, so I noticed recently last two weeks that my right eye, 
the oh. my right eyelid Ooh. is now twitching, and it's twitching in a way <clears throat> that's like kind of like uh, it, it, it's it's visible from the outside. Like you can oh, see, man, it's like really? it, it it's like. You, you, I'm, I'm going to give you an audio version of what it looks like. It's like, oh, and then it just fuck. goes away. It stops like doing a shutter it. on, now a, computer, I've noticed, on a camera. Right. Oh, it's, it's, and it's really distracting. So like whenever yeah. I'm talking to somebody, especially like somebody that is really annoying me, I'm just like, I can feel my eyelid just like, you know, it's like sending Morse code out into the world. You like, can hear, fuck off, go you away, can hear Jeff stop Bader talking. in your head yeah. going, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> fuck off, go away, go away. Get off of my fucking phone. Or maybe, like, it's, it's, have, you, oh. have you compared it to like a, a Morse code cheat sheet? Maybe it's spelling out like April 15th or something. <laughs> they pushed it <laughs> because day. of COVID, they pushed it out. Yeah, that's so, right. Like, they you don't have to you don't have to file your taxes, and but with being in a corporate, like when you're a cor, they they don't let that happen. I don't know how it works with corporations. Yeah. I had to file an extension this year, which is pretty rare for me. Um, I have yeah. a very complex tax uh, situation. Uh, yes. You know, some of enough my importance. Sometimes uh, this that's particular good year. to have it's complex yeah. tax filing. I have a very I, good account. I, uh, I've known a few people that have come up with some pretty clever solutions multiple uh corporations uh, i have a friend that uh that that, that uh, shall remain nameless but he he uh has several different businesses in which he is developing the perfect recipe for a bourbon whiskey Ooh. and another company that uh, performs quite a bit of tasting research and uh one back scratches the other, and there's a lot of write-offs you mean going on. He owns on. both of them, and he just so happens he's. Like I didn't say that. I, oh, I don't oh, know man. that I said that. <laughs> I don't Is know his that name I... Trump by chance? <laughs> don't quite know that I said that out loud. But let's just say we we drink a lot of whiskey when we're when we're at his place. Hey, and none, hey man. And, well, nobody's paying. I guess everybody's paying. I should say. <laughs> Everybody pays one way or the other. You do pay. We all pay the ultimate price for too we much whiskey. We all have sure. to pay the piper. That is yeah. for sure. But how's spring so I, in Florida? Uh, spring here is it's hot. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, <clears throat> geez, I, I my allergies have been off the charts. By the way, so yeah, if you hear me yeah. clearing my throat a lot, it's because uh, <clears throat> we have red tide here. I don't know. Do you know what red tide is? You're a land lover, but I don't imagine I, you do. I do know we the red tide, uh, and not in the bedroom, in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you have your red wings, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, a particular phenomenon. Is it where, um, where a type of algae, fungi, or something inhabits the water? It, it is. Yeah. It's of a red nature, and it looks just hideous. But not only that, it it off gases like a nasty um, yeah. sort of uh, magnesium. It, it's probably <laughs> it's probably what leaches the magnesium out of my yeah. body. That's it's the yeah. opposite, whatever that is. And um, it's it, like when you go to the beach, um, sometimes you can't even like talk. Like it it makes you feel oh, like uh, you're breathing in like dust. But it's yeah. it's just it makes your throat close up. It's a very odd feeling. 
But yeah. we live, I live like four miles from the beach. I still get it. Like I still get the, no the kidding. it's like hay fever kind of thing. So, right. Yeah. I take a, I take a little That's, pill for it and it works. We get, we get the uh, sagebrush coming into bloom this time of year. They're just, just getting started now. Um, and interestingly enough, um, not where we're at now, but before we bought our house, we were in an apartment sort of east of town, a little bit, a little bit out. There's no real, in Boise, there is no living a half an hour, 45 minutes, kind of like in the woods, you know? Um, I think that's more an Eastern U.S. phenomenon, right? Like where I grew up, we were 30 minutes from town, if you call it a town, 12 to 15,000 people town. Um, and you could live in the woods, right? You could be secluded and have your little slice of heaven there and and be content. But here, uh, there is, you know, it's very flat where Boise is. We're looking at the foothills or at the mountains. But down here in Boise proper and towns surrounding, it's the Snake River Plain. So it's flat as a board, uh-huh. more or less, right? Um, the river carved this whole big sort of valley so the Oahe Mountains to the south and then the Boise foothills to the north. But um, out where we used to live in the spring, you would just, it would constantly, you'd catch this whiff of sage. And it was kind of neat, you know, it's really a very nostalgic smell whenever that hits, like instantly uh, you're taken back to just different moments, you know, when we lived in those apartments before we were married. Um, and then I'm also reminded like with pollen. Growing up in Pennsylvania, we had this massive white pine tree in the backyard, probably, God, probably 150 feet tall, you know, just huge. We would climb it as kids, try to get to the top, and it had just like trunk-sized limbs on it. But that thing would toss pollen in the spring so thick that the air looked yellow. You know, it would just... We get it here too. Pine pollen. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's all over our cars. I'll bet. And it's all over the, like, it gets in your pool and stuff. You have to add, like, a, a, a additive to your pool to, like, bind okay. to it so that it'll get caught up in the filter. It's, um, <clears throat> it's it bothers me. But, you know, hey, I, I deal with it. There's, you know, yeah. when I was up north, I had hay fever. So, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Like kind of the same thing. But you're right. Yeah. Down here, there, you're in your case, in Pennsylvania, it was just like me where you could live 20, 30 minutes outside of town and be in the woods, like have seclusion, right. not here in Florida. It, I mean, well, that's not true. I mean, we really do have kind of some some parts of the town where you, you can uh, move into this one place called this the Estates, where mm-hmm. it's like two and three acre parcels, and you could live out there, but it's you're really stacked up too. I mean, there's houses next to you and stuff, and so the popular. developers that, yeah. Uh, popular new thing, isn't it? There's... um. I call them intentional communities, right? It's like, <laughs> I think I picked that up from a folk singer, Greg Brown, who who has a one particular song I'm thinking of in, in the live version. He talks about that, you know, and he, he talks about the upper peninsula of Michigan where, you know, he's like, people just need each other. You know, he yeah. goes, yeah. in the winter, yeah. you, you know, in the winter, you damn well better know your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need something from him at some point. But. These these intentional communities, there's one outside of Boise, about 30 minutes. It's actually outside of Eagle, which is the town next to Boise. 
and it sprawls right together more or less. But I can remember 10 years ago or more driving north to go skiing up in McCall a couple hours from here. And there was nothing. You know, it was fucking antelope and sagebrush. And and then all of a sudden, you started seeing fire hydrants pop up and a big sign, you know, like Back to the Future style. Coming soon, this great community with everything you need, right? The the business plan has a, a restaurant, a grocery store, a sure. gas station, every, you know, everything. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to live 45 minutes from town with 4,500 other people, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, we, if we I'm going to do that, I want to be in the woods. Yeah. I'm with you. I, if you live like here in Florida where we live, the houses are right next to each other, like eight, 10 feet or whatever. Yeah. I've gotten used to it. I grew up on a yep. farm. I grew out in the middle of nowhere. I, I really liked that, but there was a lot of disadvantages to it. Sure. You know, being yeah. out there and you know, you need something, Same you got to drive into town. I mean, back yep. then we didn't have Amazon, there was no, no you know, delivery service or whatever. And now I'm just like, I got to wait 45 minutes for someone to deliver a humidifier to my house from CVS. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm just, right? I'm, I've, I have literally become like just this asshole, like 21st century centurion, oh, you know, I'm just. <laughs> my like, parents talk about that a lot because, you know, still living there 30, 30, 35 minutes from town. And my mom has said that, you know, like two things significantly changed the game. And one is Amazon and the ability to have something, you know, uh, next day, potentially. They don't have other parts of PA have same day delivery, but no kidding. It's insane. Yeah. New York City has same day delivery. My sister in law, they have, they get same day delivery on groceries and other things that are, they're just there, you know, ready to, ready to be delivered. But, and then That's my mom also said, like, uh, high-speed internet, right? Because growing up, we didn't have internet. I mean, internet had just come out. We had dial-up for a while. Dial-up years, AOL. Yeah. For, for years, they had dial-up. And then what finally pushed, uh, pushed them over the edge, I can remember, we got a Dell computer the year that I moved uh, into a federal job. Cause I had all these connections in my previous job buying computer hardware. So I got a deep discount on a sweet new Dell and it had, um, video calling feature. Oh, nice. And that, that, and then that was right about the time Jack was born. And so my parents made the jump so that they could video chat their grandson. It was, <laughs> it, that was worth it to them. You know, they'd be able yeah. to see you guys. Yeah. Now we're just it, like, driving and talking on FaceTime and like, Hey, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, I'm on FaceTime with my buddy, Ben. I'm also ordering DoorDash. So when I get home, yep. you know, the yeah. shit's going to be on my doorstep. I, I'll tell you, we, we've really moved into a, a, a beautiful era. I know there's a lot of crises happening around us, but at the same yeah. time, we got a lot of good stuff too. We talked a little bit about that on we a couple episodes back. That. You know, we really can't. Don't forget um, it. It's, it's easy. It's so easy to, uh, talk down about it and to criticize it and to say, well, kids these days and this and that. But but the reality is shit is so dramatically different today than it was when we were kids. You know, our kids' lives are so dramatically different. <laughs> um, Thanks and to that technology. Yeah, and that know. doesn't make it good, bad, or indifferent necessarily. But right. the fact that 
like Sam, our youngest at six years old, really struggles to have a phone call without video. But you put him at literally every night when he's gets home from school and veges for a little bit, he calls Papa and he calls Nana and Grandma all on his own, you know, just picks up the iPad and away he goes, plays the piano yeah. for him, you know, it's just like yeah. they get to participate in his life when they wouldn't otherwise. I think that is just phenomenal. <laughs> it's so cool. I don't know if I ever asked you what was the catalyst to move from PA to Boise. Was it was it mm. uh, work related or was it just yeah. like wanting to get out of town? It was work related. Um, initially, the move was from PA to Seattle, um, and it was to follow well my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time. We met in high school, and then. She went to college in Pittsburgh, and I was about an hour and a half away in Indiana, Pennsylvania. And she uh, she did a five-year program to get a master's degree, and I did a five-year program to barely get a bachelor degree. <laughs> you got one <laughs> and, of them BS uh, degrees. Like I got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she said, uh, hey, I'm, I'm moving to Seattle. She's like, she, at the time she was considering going for her PhD in speech pathology and, and the university of Washington had the best program in the country for that. So she's like, I want to move out there, work a couple of years and get my PhD. And I was like, well, shit, I'll follow you. <laughs> so followed her there and swung you're a hammer. You're the hippie, for... Ben. I didn't realize this. You're, yeah, you're, like, you're just like a roamer. There was that streak. Yeah. Uh, followed her there for a, a, a a spell framing houses, you know, couldn't find a quote real job, uh, with my geography degree. <laughs> and, uh, then one thing led to another, I took a job. I had done an internship out here in Idaho in 2002 and then graduated subsequently later in that year, but spent six or eight months out here roaming around the West and kind of fell in love with it. And then went back, finished up my degree, and then followed her to Seattle. Worked there for a little while and then went to work for the nonprofit that I did my internship with. And managed their fire program for, gosh, a good five years or more. And then that's what ultimately brought me to Boise. And then uh, moved into federal uh, work. Sort of spawned out of the work I was doing with with, uh, the nonprofit uh, sector. And uh, went to work in 09, I guess, for the feds. So I've been there, been with the Forest Service, loosely with the Forest Service. I've switched agencies a few times, but uh, with the Forest Service since 09. So, wow. And this, uh, yeah, Boise, uh, Boise happens to be um, the center of all things wildfire here in the U.S. Boise's where the the no National kidding. Interagency Fire Center is here in Boise. So that's like where all the main directors, like operationally anyway, there's there, you know, the chief of the Forest Service is back in DC and all the all the heads of the agencies are back in DC, but the heads of the fire programs, they sit here in Boise. And so there's a big campus here with, you know, a, a huge equipment cache. It's the biggest cache in the country of, of tools and 
gosh, they have everything from, I would say, toothbrushes to bulldozers, right? And all things in between, shovels, rakes, picks, chainsaws. Uh, you go in the cache and there's there's an, a row of shelves that's just all still chainsaws. Just probably, oh God, I don't even know. 2000 of them just all lined up there this time of year, you know? Yeah. It sounds like interesting work because I, you know, I think we forget about the forest service doing all of that work. You know, I have a buddy actually that works in the forest service down here, uh, went through fire training, fire Academy. And then, um, he got hired on by the forest service. I can't remember when it must've been about five years ago. Ex Navy guy, uh, did a bunch of time over in the middle East and then ultimately settled down here, um, because his family's uh, from this area and he's always posting photos of them doing controlled burns out in the Everglades and all that stuff. And, um, you know, helping uh, wildlife getting, getting out of the, the, a lot of people don't realize this, but Florida likes to fucking burn. I mean, yes, it does. Tens of thousands of acres every year. Uh, All that stuff. Yeah. Burn, 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 baby. A few years ago, we had a massive, massive burn here. And there was just, I would walk out of my studio. Actually, it was like, I think it was last year. Walk out of my studio and it felt like it was snowing because yeah. of all the ash the that ash. was raining down on everything. And they shut down the airport. They shut down everything. And it was because yep. the heat coming off of the Everglades, like in that part of the, like I was saying, the, the estates area had caught yeah. on fire. A bunch of people lost their homes. However, they put in fire breaks and they managed to save you know, majority of the population stuff, uh, but a few, maybe more than a few uh, places yeah. did burn to the ground, unfortunately. A lot of people got their shit out, though. Um, but, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, hey, I, it's you a, know what? It's big I, business. It, it's big a, business. Yeah, it's a huge business because it's it's never a problem until it's a massive problem. And if you Last don't control. Year, uh, well, I guess in it on, on average in the past, past say, five years, uh, it has been – uh, business on the order of almost $500 million, right? Spent on suppression wow. throughout the country. Cool. You know, the projections are saying that, you know, in the next five years, we may top out at $2 billion a year suppression cost. Um, there are, there are as many arguments, uh, uh, why, uh, you know, as to why it is the way it is today, as you can count, um, mismanagement. Uh, is is one um, you <laughs> well, know, it is government then <laughs> um, all these things come into play and it's it's it is a really fascinating my um, I have a master's degree in wildfire ecology believe it or not which is not a degree most would ever think exists but it is pretty it's a pretty interesting conundrum that happens across the globe right uh, Australia. Uh, New Zealand, uh, all places throughout Europe, there's wildfires. Um, they exist everywhere. Uh, we've all, every, every location that has them has chosen to fight them, which I find interesting because uh, we don't fight hurricanes. <laughs> we don't fight, there's no tornado fighters. There's no, you know, you well, might Aren't argue, they trying to protect property though? Isn't that sure. the whole point? That yeah. becomes the that becomes the dynamic that is really hard to um, it, it 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 makes the issue more complex, right? Because uh, in the Forest Service mission, uh, there 
we have dual purpose, right? We're providing recreation, we're providing outdoor opportunity, we're providing all this stuff. Plus, we're, quote, protecting the land or preserving the land. How we do that is based on best science, but people don't always agree uh, that, uh, that the science that we apply is, is best, right? And, and we're often known in the Forest Service to be critical of our own work in the past, right? A um, hundred years ago, there was a 10 a.m. policy that, that said literally every fire must be out by 10 a.m. the next day. You know, so a hundred years of putting out this, you know, basically eliminating this natural process from the ecosystem, from the environment, I would argue has led us to catastrophic situations. You well, yeah, because that's the point of controlled burns, right? Is you're supposed sure. to sort of emulate nature and take yep. that best we that can, process yeah. and control it versus, oh, uh, this we've you know stopped multiple small fires around this area, and now there's all this brush, and now there's all this dry stuff. It's a tinderbox essentially. Yeah. One bolt of lightning, one cigarette flick out of the window, and kaboom, yep. you've got like this massive fire that now you can't control. So that's yeah. what Mike and his team are doing down here. They're control burns and just yep. going around and basically with blow torches, and they're just like lighting the, up the landscape, but they're creating fire breaks while they're doing it. So they know, like, hey, yeah. I'm going to, you know, put a line in the ground where there's nothing to burn. And then, Anyway, it, yeah. I find it fascinating. It is. I think yeah, it's we could amazing speak work, all day you know? on that, but it's it well, is it's, cool, a, it's a neat that's cool. subject, and it's it's cool because it's the it's the conundrum between people, politics, and the environment, right? It, it, and uh, that's what makes it incredibly frustrating. That's what makes it incredibly exciting. That's what makes it incredibly enjoyable. You know, it's like all those things rolled into yeah. one. It's, it's pretty Yeah, neat. whenever you add people and politics and like government oh. money, it just becomes like, a, it can become really yep. annoying really fast. I, I work down, the reason why I'm in Florida is I came to work for the Naples airport, but then I was hired away by City Hall. So I worked in okay. City Hall. For a few years, and um, I lovingly refer to it as shitty hall because that's right. what I think of it. <laughs> um, and, you know, like you said, government work, man, it can be like a, this bronze handcuffed where it's like you, you're doing yeah. the work that will never go away. You'll always have a job. and But it's yep. like – and it's usually pretty decent money, but at the same time, there's this like sourness mm -hmm. to it that I don't I, – it's hard to explain – I hear people talk about it in the postal service too. Yep. It's like you're working for the government. There's no real pro profit. So there's not that energy there. Right. And then you're also under the scrutiny of the public eye. Like I was in the yes. newspaper more times than I wanted to be. My salary was printed. I would have people approach me while I was eating lunch. And they're like, well, since I pay your ta my taxes pay your uh, paycheck, I'd like to ask you a computer question. And I'd just be like, oh, you, you're going to be freaking kidding me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got so over it. I, I mean, that was one of the big catalysts for me to stop that work and go oh, to work for myself for me too. because I hated it. I just was like, I don't yeah. like this feeling at all. Plus I did, I did it in a very affluent area where there's yeah. a lot of entitled mm. assholes live there. Yeah. So like it was just in, and in fact, later down the road, when I would start my business, I would have a tax that was associated with that town. No shit. And so if, 
if that anyone from that area of our of where we lived wanted us to do work there, the bill was immediately 40% higher. Yeah, and it yeah. was because they were so difficult to deal with on a, on a regular basis. Plus it was a little yeah. bit further of a drive. We call yeah. it the asshole tax. Well, now when people call us from there, we're just like, we don't even, I now don't even work for that town anymore. No, I don't do wow. work for anyone there. I have one client left and it's like one That's of my oldest incredible. clients. Yeah. Because it just, it, it really, it's a, it's a, it's a housed area where there's just yeah. all these people who are just not Jeez. fun to work with. So. I can't even imagine. My, my, uh, my mom was a county commissioner for 24 years. She, she was the county commissioner of, of L County, Pennsylvania. And, you know, I, I can just remember growing up just different times, you know, she didn't vent much. And, and I will say, you know, what it, a lot of folks find inspiration, you know, guys like us find inspiration from fathers and I'm kind of the opposite. My mom is an incredible person and uh, I can just remember her venting about different things that would come up. And you just, as a kid, I can remember a teenager in high school. I can just remember thinking like, who, who are these people? Like how, <laughs> where the hell, you know, even then I yeah. was like, uh, so I was sort of introduced to politics, um, you know, it, fairly early in life through that experience, but, but local politics. So it was kind of a really cool, um, kind of a really cool way to be introduced to it. Right. And so uh, to see that firsthand, to see what a difference local politics makes compared to what you see on the news, it's so much different, right? If we want to enact change or you want to, uh, influence some issue, I still say a hundred percent talk to your local there. politicians, right? Yeah, that's it starts where, there. You're right. That's where you feel it. If, if you think about the impacts that the last four presidents have had on you as an individual, it's probably much less than the yep. impacts that your county level or your city agree. or your state yeah. level government have had on you. you They're know? just on the TV more. You know, the president is just, his face yeah. is out there more and you're seeing it, but you're right. I, I worked in the, when we did the the city meetings, I was yeah. the guy running the camera system. So I had to listen to all the yeah, know, I'll bet. and th- they would walk up. Have you ever watched Parks and Recreation? The yes. TV show yep. with Ron, uh, yep. Nick Offerman. It's just like that. It is just like that. People are, they, there's, there was always the select like 10 people walk up to the podium with like a file folder filled with like just bullshit. And they're like, right. they would stand in front of the city council and they'd be like, so on Barfield Street, there was a sprinkler that had been changed out on nine twenty four <laughs> of two thousand seven. We were billed thirty eight dollars for this. Oh, now Lord. I just went over to an Ace Hardware and found this exact, exact, <laughs> and it, like they would buy one and bring it there. This for exact sprinkler. <laughs> I paid three dollars and eighty cents. We were grossly overcharged. This is an example of why we are paying enormous amount of taxes. Meanwhile, the people are just like, shoot me in the effing head. Uh, you yeah. know why you're paying so many taxes, sir? Because you live in a $10 million house. Yeah, that's got, why. That's the reason. And yeah. you're looking at a $3 sprinkler and you're trying to find some 
discrepancy, some conspiracy. No, it doesn't there. exist. I mean, it was. It was. It got to the point where I had to like stop myself from laughing. Sometimes I'm just yeah. like, I cannot believe these people exist. This is what they. Oh, there's retired rich people. That's what they want to do. They want to bitch about a fucking do, yeah. sprinkler. Well, I like to say right that you know people often talk and criticize. Uh, why, why is government this way or why is government so big is something, a question you hear quite a bit. And, and I just say, because it can be, because nobody has said that it shouldn't be, sure. right? And uh, I think that's sort of the natural progression of any, quote, corporation, company or business, right? Um, naturally, over time, if you're successful, right, you, you get more work. You get bigger, you get more complex, you get more bureaucratic to an extent, right? Yep. Like you've you've talked about systems, right? You, you put more systems in place; those systems become quote political in nature to some extent because now, if somebody didn't follow the system, we've got to figure out why. And so, it's sort of a natural progression of things in a lot of ways. Um, and when you stop and consider both the depth and the breadth of coverage for government in our country, it is an incredible amount of work, right? Yeah, like and at some coordination. Level. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So it's easy. It's very, very, very easy for the left hand not to know what the right is doing. Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, the people paying the taxes are noticing this. Yes. And they yep. and they want to bring it up and then they want to argue and complain about it. And, and looking at and the micro level. You can't do that. Yep. You have you yep. have to just look at the the big picture and accept it and see that we live in the, one of the greatest countries in the world and that's because yeah. we have the three-party system. I won't get into the whole thing. But anyway, no. one of yeah, the things I wanted on. I, I one <laughs> of the things I wanted to say initially when I was, when we started the show, some of the things that have been going on about all the mundane tasks that I have to do because I run a business, the bookkeeping side of it is probably my least favorite. I mean, of course you need to know where your money goes. You need to know what your profit margins are. You need to know like, are things out of control in one area? And then you have to like, you know, you have to kind of know, if you don't know your books, if your books aren't correct, then you, you don't, you just simply do not have a roadmap for moving forward. You just don't, you're a bad entrepreneur starts at a, as a bad bookkeeper. I mean, it's just that that's the case. Yep. I have prided myself over the years of keeping very good books, knowing where my money's going, nice. spreadsheets, the whole bit, super nerdy shit, nerding out. Do you out use an time. app or are you just kind of a spreadsheet guy or I, I use app? both. I, spreadsheets and QuickBooks online. Okay. I, and, and so doing my 2020 taxes, I'm, um, I do all my own bookkeeping and then I have an accountant that goes through it and then he processes it for the government so they can, um, you know, yeah. do their thing. So then, um, <clears throat> I noticed that one of my accounts is off by like $10,000 and I'm like, Ooh. that's really a lot of money to be missing you know, or yeah. to actually, it was like, it was like more, it was over 10 grand. <clears throat> and I'm thinking yeah. that's going to throw my taxes off big time. You know, if you pay, sure. you're paying now 30% corporate tax on top of 10K, that's a lot of money. So I'm like, well, Hell I need yeah. to figure out what happened. So I started looking into it. You know, my website, Shopify, um, has a, and I didn't know this, but it has an integration API for QuickBooks. 
And I went, oh, okay, I'm going to set that up. And then through that process, it also has an API integration for PayPal. And we take a lot of PayPal payments. So I'm like, oh, all right, I'm going to connect all this. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm just like kind of merrily clicking, okay, sure, yeah, let's sync this up and, you know, whatever. In my uh, sort of distracted state or whatever, I don't remember what happened. I clicked yes to something I should not have. I clicked. So what had happened was, is it wanted to sync up my transactions for PayPal. And it asked me two very, very, uh, uh, really uh, important questions. One was, how far back do you want to go? And then, oh. and it said January one, and I read it as twenty twenty one in my yeah, head, yeah. right? Because I'm thinking it can't go back a whole yeah, like year and a go? quarter. I mean, that's a long time. It said twenty twenty, and I didn't realize oh, it. Oh, so you got a whole. So yeah. then I click yes to that. And then I click yes to, you know, what would you like it to do? What you want it to create a chart of account, expense account, whatever. I say yes. And it said PayPal bank, which is like the same as my QuickBooks. So I thought nope. yeah, it isn't. It was, uh, it created a whole nother account and oh, then sync PayPal. Cause you can have yes. money in your quote PayPal account, Correct. right? People Correct. can pay you. It gets stuck in Never, never virtual money land. It duplicated over 10,000 transactions. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, it's QuickBooks Online. At least you found it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this but, is great. But it, it did it in a way where I was like, okay, um, I can make that account uh, inactive. I can make the old account mm-hmm. inactive. Then That's I run good. my report and my profit margins are way off. They're like yeah. way too high. Now it's off. Especially because like the whole time you're looking at it, Right. And probably running quarterlies or, or monthlies or whatever. And that's all sitting in there throwing off your freaking data. Right. Well, now it's duplicated both the expenses and the, and the income and it's being counted twice. So, so, so now I go, all right, I'm going to make that inactive. I'm going to make the old account inactive and I'm going to use this new API feature that PayPal has because it, what it does is it creates, uh, it takes all my transactions and it um, separates it out. It says like, okay, you sold a set of plans for say $25. It breaks the fee down. It puts the fee in a separate account. So now I know how many fees I'm paying and all that stuff. It just does it for me. Awesome stuff, right? So then I'm thinking it's QuickBooks Online. I can roll it back or I can go in and delete the account. Yeah. Uh, no, according to QuickBooks, you have to delete. official tax record? Or- Correct. You have to delete them one at a time. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) Each transaction. Wait a minute. So Can you write a script because there's an API? This is yesterday, by the way. So this is last night. I'm like, I'm standing in my kitchen and I'm going, oh, no. You know, like what? So I get my accountant on the phone. He's like, yeah, you know, probably what you should do is just start over. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't just no. start out. It's 2020. It's like every transaction. There's so many. And, uh, and he's like, he's like, well, maybe we can do a journal entry. We can, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? There's gotta Come be a solution. Yeah. I wake up this morning and I start thinking to myself, you know, I bet you there is a task software that will just yep. click, click, click right turns out there is and because all of these transactions sit in a ledger 
the yeah. the 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 location you of the delete one, button. The next one moves up. Yeah, you exactly. One, the next one moves up. I find <laughs> a piece of software <laughs> called Tiny Task, and Love I install it. it. It's thirty five kilobytes. This is all yep. it does. It it records have- your mouse clicks. And then you tell yep. it like, oh, I, how many times do you want to repeat it? 10,000. 10,000 <laughs> times. And then I want you to do it at two times the speed. Right. So I, I set this up and I'm standing there looking at my machine go, <laughs> going, click, delete, go, baby, yes. Go, baby, click, go, delete. go. Yeah. And I'm going. And then I bring Sarah into the room because now I'm doing a congratulatory, <laughs> like I'm the smartest man on right. the planet dancing around. Meanwhile, I created all the fucking problems to begin with. But... Uh, so I'm solving this problem. And, and yeah, she's well, like, oh, my are. God. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, my God. What, is that thing doing it for you? I was like, yeah, it's doing it for me. It'll do, you know, a thousand at a time or whatever. And, and she's like, you, you have to name this thing. What are you going to name it? I'm like, fucking Hal. It's Hal. It's, Hal, a, it's, it's either Skynet or Hal or something. But this, something. Am I, it, you can imagine my mouse moving all over right. the screen, clicking and doing R2. shit and deleting stuff. R2, delete you. You got it, buddy. It's R2. And I'm like, so by the time I get to work, it's got like 300 plus transactions like right. removed already. And, I, <laughs> nice. and I'm just like, this is great. So, but I'm just letting it go. I'm just going to let it yeah. do its thing. And uh, technology yep. at work we for you. Have, we used to have a... a- fire modeling software that takes a lot of time to run, right? So it does simulations. So it takes all this landscape and weather data and it pulls all that together. And then it basically, you know, lights a fire in the software, quote, lights a fire. And then uh, it'll do that. And then lets that simulation run out, burn up all the pixels in the data uh, or, or not burn them depending and then it does it on the order of, you know, 25,000 times. So it'll light 25,000 fires, take all the averages, and you get a probability of, of ignition or a probability of a pixel burning. So then we can say on a fire, you know, uh, hey, town, you, you are in the 80 to 100% probability band. So there's a, there's a pretty darn good chance that fire is going to make its way into town everybody prepare. And so we had a software because our computers have screensavers set that we cannot take off and we cannot change. Um, our computers would go to sleep after a certain amount of time. And of course, then the model run would do God knows what it could either discontinue indefinitely or sometimes it would shut it down. It all depended if the hard, hard disks went to sleep and stuff like that. But we had another software program called the mouse jiggler <laughs> and literally all it would do while that model was running away is, is just jiggle the mouse away. But <laughs> it was kind of nice just to keep the computer going. Um, and, uh, you know, so we had the little mouse jiggler software that just, Kept everything open, made sure our screensavers didn't turn on. And- <laughs> I, I wonder how many, how much of this is going on right now with all this at work from home stuff. I mean, really, I, you have to wonder. I mean, yeah. If, yeah, right. If I can program that thing in 10 seconds to like delete 10,000 transactions one by one in QuickBooks, the mouse jiggler software, I mean, yeah, it, it's got it to handy. Going on. It was really handy. <laughs> I, 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 no, I wonder where that work. ever where that ever went. I, I use oh, a, uh, 
an app called If This Then That. Have you ever seen oh, yeah. that app? I F T T F T T T. If this it's really handy. So you say like if if you get a if you get mentioned in a tweet, retweet it. Or, does it work? Um, it does. Where I've actually used it is kind of cool. So <laughs> we have a goldfish or had a goldfish, I guess now <laughs> nine, nine years, I think maybe eight years. The damn things lived. It's incredible. He was a awesome. goldfish lived that long. Yeah, He was big. He was huge. So it was Jack's goldfish and Sam, Sam has killed a few goldfish, but this one, Sam didn't kill. I think we had three previous Sam dumped mouthwash in the fish tank one time. Cause he said oh, yeah. that, uh, that Cecil needed fresh breath. <laughs> oh my God. Did it kill him? Well, Sam, Sam, uh, Sam got scooped up and taken to daycare because it was early in the morning, you know, and we were just right. all running around. And, uh, so Sam gave Cecil fresh breath and dad went to the pet store <laughs> to get a replacement. <laughs> so nobody, nobody knew that one kicked the bucket. Now little, in this uh, case, do you bring the old one with you? So you're like, all right, I need to match. No. I have this um, one. I used to use it. Well, I still do use it in leather work for rounding, uh, corners, but ha- I have this thing, this like pocket full of wooden nickels from this feed store in town that, that they give out different times of the year. And it's, I think it's worth 25 cents or a free, free goldfish. <laughs> so I just go cash in a wooden nickel, you know? That's a really good promotional tool. <laughs> it is. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty slick. But um, so we used If This Then That because. One summer when we went back to Pennsylvania, we were trying to figure out, well, how the hell will we feed this goldfish? So Jack says, what if we had a robot that would just shake food into the goldfish tank? And Fair I said, enough. that's that's genius. Well, Jack had these things and we still have them. They're called little bits. Oh, yeah. Little bits are just like little chips, computer chips or circuit building sets, I guess. Circuitry sets. Yeah, yeah. Some are servo motors, some are uh, alarms, some are buzzers, some are power buttons and whatever else. And one is a cloud-connected chip. And so you can trigger this thing from anywhere, right? So you can uh, log into the app on your iPhone, push the button, that triggers the cloud chip to then trigger whatever circuit you have set up to run. So okay. we just took a uh, we took a small plastic jar that we had with a lid on it and drilled some holes in the lid, and uh, we put it on a servo motor, and the servo motor would just kind of spin, and it would do a jerky motion where it would do maybe one half of a full revolution and then stop abruptly. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When it okay. did that, uh, I guess I didn't put, I, I, I misspoke. I drilled holes in the side of the jar so that when it spun, food ah, could fall out those holes, it. right? That's so it would shake idea. three or four times, shake a little bit of food into the fishbowl. Cecil was happy. He got his food for the day. Well, we were afraid we were going to forget to press the button every day. And so we used if this, then that. And we said, you know, if it's 6 p.m. in Boise, feed Cecil. <laughs> and so it oh, cool. would just work in the background and it worked away. And every day at 6 p.m., Cecil got his food thanks to If This Then That. But That's kind of awesome. a cool, cool little maker project. Yeah. If, if folks have kids, those, those little bits are spendy is the one big criticism I have. But uh, they're almost like an Arduino, you know? Yeah. Um, simplified. Yeah, we we had a ton of that stuff with the kids. Like that's why Dexter, I think, is so. I mean, he loves technology, yeah. and he's building three D printers now and shit. Man, he built my nice. Langmuir Systems Crossfire Pro. I I basically Sweet. built it right next to him. He can do you know ninety percent of the stuff that you know I would never even be able to dream about being fourteen years old. By yeah. the way, his yeah. birthday is this week. I will put oh, up a baby. birthday post. Uh, but it's Saturday and, uh, we are doing, um, let me, this is a great story. So Dexter loves cars, right? He, okay. in, in, in Naples here, we have all of these, um, car shows, right? They're like, um, we call them yep. cars and coffee. There's, there's a whole bunch of like, you know, guys that get together that have Ferraris, they have Lamborghini, you name it. I mean, they're just every kind of car you can possibly imagine is at these shows. And we go to them um, every third, I think it's every third Sunday of the, uh, every third Sunday of the month. So um, we've been doing that. And of course he can't drive yet. He's going to be 15 this year. So he'll be driving on a permit very soon. And having is he going to get freedom. it? Uh, there's a lot of kids his age. I he- keep hearing about oh, that, yeah. that don't get their permits, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, I had a I had a young guy working for me who was didn't get it. I had to take him to go get his driver's license. He started working with me at 16, and it was he was 19, and he still didn't have his license. And I said, That's dude, let's just to me. let's just go get his dad was in prison. There was like a whole mess. He, oh. he had a lot of like family issues, but he still didn't really want it you know it wasn't like yeah, that yeah so we i took him and he got his license but uh dexter is one of those kids that's definitely gonna want to drive like he's chomping at the bit to drive right now so anyway to make a long story short um i'm driving i'm at sam's club of course i'm at sam's club i'm getting gas and i'm doing getting my wine. thing 
Yeah, getting my gla- gas, getting my wine, getting my uh, my spinach. I've been buying a lot of smoothie mixings. I'm trying to lose weight, so making smoothies That's right. That's right. on the reg. I remember that. And there's this this car pulls up, right? And it's a three wheeled. Um, it looks kind of like an old, you know, those old race cars that are. Um, I don't know the name of them, but they they're like they look like a like a, a cigar kind of, you know, they're uh-huh. not an F1 racer. It's like the oh. old, old, old kind. I, yes. I yes. Bigger in the front. I, I'm like just a, picturing a dog riding in it just because of yeah. a, a book that Sam has, a, a cartoon yes. book. I'll have to figure yeah. out the name of it. But anyway, it looks like that. And this, this guy pulls up in it and uh, I'm staring there, staring at it, pumping gas. And I'm just like, ah, fuck it, man. I'm going to ask this guy what the hell this car is. I've never seen one before. Yeah. Walk up to it. I take a picture. I'm like, hey, man, you mind if I take a picture of your car? This is so cool. My son's way into, um, you know, weird looking cars and all that. And he's like, yeah, this is a whatever. And he tells me. Uh, and then I don't remember, but he yeah. he's like, uh, you know, I, can, I rent these out. You can rent this. Oh, no and shit. I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, you can rent this. And here's my business card. Gives me his business card. Of I've course, heard that, of that where people have like classic cars or race yes. cars or whatever and then just run yes. them out for the day or yep a couple and hours, so it's a two-seater you know? three it's a three-wheeled two-seater he called it like a nice. skeeter do or something like that i can't remember it's a, it's not an old car it's it's like yeah, a newer, newer car so anyway i rent this thing for his birthday and um nice. you know, he's uh he's him and i are gonna take it out and cruise uh, the you beach know, uh, do something. I don't know what we're, we're going to drive yeah. around in it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a convertible, right? You're like sticking Hell out of the car yeah. basically while you're driving yep. it. So, uh, definitely a death trap. It sits really low to the ground. <laughs> um, if we get, uh, nailed by like an Escalade or a Hummer, we're just like, <laughs> right. we're, goodbye. That was nice knowing all y'all I'll be dead or a vegetable. No doubt. I was thinking oh, about man. getting like some of those driving, uh, goggles and then yeah. like some scarves and like yep. dr- driving caps, you know, and just like, <laughs> like, so we can just be a driving. A good day for like, a drive, chap. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Would you happen to have any grape upon? Gra- yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, do you just know how to do a mustard every, patina? What do I look like? like Jeff yeah. fucking fader? Huh? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> mustard fucking patinas? Do you have grape upon? Grape upon. Uh, I'm building a, a knife. <laughs> it has to have the proper finish. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. So that's Dexter's birthday. So we uh, we're gonna do that, and nice. then I think we're gonna that's have awesome. some family over as long as everybody can get along. But yeah, uh, yeah. nice. How, so he'll be, you said it'll be 15. That's great. He'll be 15. I was wondering that the other day after we did the episode, and and I thought he was about that age, but I just. Uh, was sort of drawing a blank, and I, I forgot to forgot to ask you before. It it sparked my memory because yesterday I was listening to the Knife Talk, and um, and they were mentioning Craig mentioned uh, our discussion about TikTok and uh, uh. about how you you know how like I think I mentioned about how it's like I just can't get over the young TNA on there, and, you know like. <laughs> How do I find a way to filter that shit out of there? Because it's, yeah, it's like the bane of its existence. I I have been behind on listening to all these podcasts because I've been so busy with my year end bookkeeping and all this BS. I I have to, I can't listen to anything while I'm doing that. It's not like, 
you, it's you. mind work, right? I have to focus on numbers and stuff. So I can't, I have not, I've been so behind. And then nope. they asked me to do all the reads for nice. the upcoming. Yep, I so I, that. yeah, so I, I'm actually looking at the waveforms right now. So they should be done, I think, by, yeah, probably by tomorrow. I think I'll have them done. By the time this podcast comes out, I think it'll be, the, all oh, the cool. reads will be done and they, you know, they'll obviously have to filter some through, you know, I, I just did yeah. multiple reads of each. So they I was going to say, what are your, so I often find, I just did a big, I, I did a big story rant the other night talking about jointers and how they work and everything. And uh, right. at times I'll just get rolling. Right. And it's whatever, whatever comes out, I'm just post it, post it, you know, or call it good. I won't do another take. Sure. Um, with Instagram stories, since the jackasses limit you to four stories, I often catch myself trying to get it all in in those four stories, those four yep. 15 second clips. And then I go, Oh, you fucking moron. Just yeah, stop in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Or just, <laughs> you know, like, or just start another one later. Right. You know, or it's, to add you know, it's more like, to it. Cause then you go, at least I don't think there is, but you know, once you get four of them, you got to post and then go back and do another one there's no way to kind of like queue up five minutes worth of stories so there is there's a piece of software called cut story okay ah i remember it'll it'll chunk it out into 15 second things because youtube is the same way a lot of people try to uh, yeah people ask me this all the time if you're on youtube and you're a creator you have to have i think it's ten thousand subs to do the stories feature yeah. It's similar to Instagram and the swipe 10, up feature 000. where you have to have 10,000. You can do stories whenever you want. YouTube, you have to have 10,000 subscribers. I okay. used to use it all the time and I would I get a ton of subscribers from it. I mean, you know, it's... I would just make these stories real quick and but they here's what happens. You're holding the button down, you're doing your filming and it cuts you off at 15 yeah. seconds. Cuts you yep. off like stops the recording. Yep. So I found this piece of software called Cut Story. I do a one-minute okay. thing. I try to keep Split it around it. one minute. I load it into Cut Story. Cut Story immediately takes it and divides it into 15 different uh, video yep. segments. And then I upload 15. them one at a time. I used to use If anyone that. is listening from YouTube, that is an enormous pain in the it ass. Is. See, Instagram used to have a much higher limit. I don't remember, but I want to say it was... 10 stories, 10, 15 second clips, maybe 15. It was high. It was a lot of stories. I think my suspicion is that Instagram's trying to limit the payload that they, that you can hit them with. Right. So makes sense. If you, yeah. If you're chunking up a four minute 4k video, that can be significant, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've used uh, one of the, on iPhone, on iOS editing apps, I've used Filmmaker Pro would do the same thing. It'll split into 15 seconds. And I think Luma, Luma Fusion will do that as well. I've kind of Does it do it automatically? Like, like Cut Story, you just load the one clip in, say I want 15 second segments and it'll just divide them all up for you. Does it it'll do it basically do it. So you, you bring the video in and then you just you just hit the export button. And then at oh, that oh, time okay. it asks you, where do you want to export it? Do you want to save it in your photos app? Do you want to post it to Instagram? Do you want to split it into 15 second stories for Instagram? Um, 
you know, it asks you yeah, what you, you can do, to do. You can do the same thing. So like what I do is I use cut store. I create it. Right. And then I yeah. upload it to YouTube and Instagram stories. Cause why not? It's already yeah, created. Not? You might as well yep. do it. I'll tell you myself. that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I was just going <laughs> to say that the social media component is so important. Um, yeah. We, <clears throat> so, all right. So I, I follow Gary V on the regular and Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk, uh, Vayner Media. Um, he is doing he, basically, and I'll say this again, cause it's so important. I know we have more listeners now. Uh, he always says, uh, document don't create. And what so, that means is you're, yes. it, you're creating yes. content based upon what you're doing every day. Don't create content, document your day and then upload it because people are really super interested in you. They want to know what you're yep. up to. And not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like your content. Um, you know, I have that issue on YouTube. People are just like, sure. you're rambling on, you're an idiot and whatever. I yeah. get that all the time. But the numbers don't lie. Because, you no. know, for every com- one comment that I get that's negative, I got 25 that are positive And I've got, you know, for every one thumbs down, I've got a thousand thumbs ups. Yep. It is, it is the number game, you know, the numbers games is, is like this. The assholes will always be the loudest. So just don't yeah. listen to them. I mean, I hear these creators, I, by the way, saying like they're addressing the one guy who said no. something shitty to them. Why not address all the people who applauded you for your work? You know, just don't yep. just fucking delete those old those negative comments and move forward, you know, and just I focus agree, on man. the good. But boy, is and it I hard. think that um, that difference between documenting and creating is so huge even just on a creator level, right? If, if that's your mentality, if, if your mentality is that you are a teacher or a trainer or, uh, or just or an example, just an example. example, yeah, or a role model or a whatever you want to call it, you're not a content creator then. And it, and it, there's something different about that approach that I think is poignant and it's, and I think it's meaningful. And I think there are, there are a ton of people out there that we could learn stuff from that if they could see it for that, instead of, uh, instead of seeing it as becoming an influencer or, you know, like becoming this thing that they hate, uh, you know, this person who takes free shit and, you know, all those stigmas that go with it. If you look at it for at face value, that's ultimately what it is, right? Um, yes. I put my content out and whatever label I put on it or other people put on the things that I'm doing, at the end of the day, that's it. That's the essence of it. I am showing you how I did something. I, I came up with the other night, I was, you know, when I was in that sort of jointer rant and I think I tagged you on a example that I was working on for a knife handle with uh, some micarta. Yeah, that was awesome. D- doing this cool, like on the CNC rippled effect. Um, I came up with this idea in my head and I, and I, 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 I will put it in my next piece of content, but it's sort of a tagline or a catchphrase. That's just simply, let me show you how I did it. <laughs> right. And that's, oh, I love that. At, yeah. the, at the end of the day, it's just here's how I made it. You know, you may not make it differently, but this is what the hell I did. Check it out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
And if he, so I'm, I'm ready to like print that, put it in my shop. So I don't forget, you know, like just show people how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and at the same time, know that there's going to be a different way to do it. Absolutely. And there's always and there 10 time, be. 10 different ways to do some yeah. one task. And you'll learn hopefully about those 10 different ways of what people do. But here, here's the, the, the important key to documenting and not creating. And I think it is you. You're the commonality there. They, 100%, for instance, yeah. uh, it, uh, you're telling a story about a guy who is who works for the fire ser- forest service, and he is he is um, a woodworker at night and on the weekends. Okay. Yeah. And and you know that that in and of itself is unique. Okay. But now you're doing this like side gig. You got a podcast. You, you know, you're making a go of it. You're getting um, sponsors. You're connecting with uh, bigger makers. And in the most important component of what you do is that you inspire others. You're bringing others to yeah. like you're all these people are watching us do this work and they're yep. going, oh, man, I sit in a cubicle eight and a right. half hours a day or, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm a what work am I at doing home sitting on this fucking couch. I got to yeah. get up and do something. Yeah. Every <laughs> night I'm sitting on my couch drinking beers and Brian and Ben are making podcasts and Brian's doing his grinder thing and Ben's doing his woodworking thing. He's building this and I'm doing that. And then and, and at some point it starts to rub off on the right person. They start to see it yeah. and they're now they're not just watching it. They're actually thinking in their mind, I might be able to do the same thing if they did it. Yep. Uh, you know, if if Brian Shit, House that looked really easy. Yeah, if Brian House can do it, he's a fucking moron. Yep. I can most right. definitely do it. And and yep. then you know, and that's how the ball gets rolling. And if I am someone's inspiration, even if it's one person, Man. it was so worth it. I made a yep. difference. Now I'm going to segue into something because. I watched a video. Do you know, you know who Casey Neistat is, right? Everybody oh, yes. knows who Casey. Okay. Is so, this his video about his brother? Uh, this is involves Van. Have you seen Van's channel, by the way? Incredible. It's incredible. incredible. Yeah. It, it's a. It's. I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson. It's very clearly inspired by Wes Anderson's very work. Much, yeah. I love it, though. I love all of it. So his last video on YouTube is a video about a book called The Fourth Turning. And it's essentially a series. It's a book basically saying this is how history repeats itself. And he breaks it down into 80 year chunks. And then those 80 year chunks, he breaks into 20 year chunks. And he okay. gives an explanation for each one of those 20 years. Oh, and, man, and then it goes cool. all the way back around to the beginning. So what he's saying is, is the beginning of this turning that we're in, we're in the fourth, we're in the fourth turning of the fo- of of a total of four, if that makes sense. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and the first turning was right after World War II, which makes obvious mm-hmm. sense. And yeah. he explains this better than I'll ever do it. So go find Van Neistat's video on the fourth turning. He made me really want to read the book because what he explains is not only those 20-year segments of history repeating itself. So you've got the first segment, which is um, 
it, I think he said it was like a, a high uh, 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 turning, which is like a, a period of uh, very good things, energetic. You know, we had the yep. um, we had a lot of happy people after World War Two. You know, we <laughs> I see won the Corvette, war. Corvette, jets, yeah. space yeah. program, rock yeah. and roll, TV. <laughs> yeah, all this cool shit happened. Yeah, and then at the tail end of that, where he says the cutoff point was when JFK was assassinated in 1963. Okay. Makes and sense. then it makes sense. And then we go into a period of awareness, which is the 60s, the 70s, LSD, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the the war effort for uh, Vietnam spawned a lot of people to rise up against, uh, you know, government uh, sending yep. young people to war. We had the draft. That's the our parents lived. Uh, that was when yeah. their generation was uh, doing their thing. And then you have the next period, which is. Um, uh, I think, what did he call it? It was essentially, um, a, I think it was awareness. And then it went into, oh God, it was like um, massive change, like uh, uh, like mm. an up upheaval kind of period. And that's when we have, now we have two, we have 9-11, right? Happens. Yeah. Okay. Oh, geez, and man. then we have um, the financial crisis of 2008. And we all lived through that. That was probably the worst time of my life. It was an awful period of my life. Yeah. And then, um, and I'm raising like little kids in a world yeah. where we're at war again. And just, it just fucked. That whole fucking fucked period up. was fucked. Yep. And now we're in the fourth turning, which is awareness. crisis. Uh, oh, I think crisis, awareness yeah. is the second turning. The last oh, gotcha. turning yep, is yep, crisis. You got it. And, and crisis lasts, get this. It's going to last until 2028. Now, Granted, okay. We, it, 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 we're, I fully believe that we're going to pull out all this bullshit. But you we got know. COVID, you got now uh, tons of people out of work. You got businesses failing. You have all these things yeah. happening. There's going to be a lasting effect, right? The, like, oh yeah, the, the, we're already seeing that. Like the tail end of this curve is going to be a long one, and uh, you can't just <laughs> you can't just place severe limitations on the world's business yep. and not expect it to last for five or more years. Well, right? you, have, you also have to remember the, all these people spent all these years building a business yeah. only to have it torn down Fucked by a regulation. By a, yeah. yeah. So, and it's not anybody's fault. I mean, we're doing our best no. here. I, I, yeah, I really fully believe that, but, but anyway, go watch Van Neistat's video on the fourth turning. I'm going to buy the book or yeah. I'm going to listen to it. I have comprehension out. problems. I don't really read, but um, yeah, I, I will, too. uh, yeah, I will, I will, I read um, a lot, but I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I can read the words. I know what they mean, sort of, but the, they don't, don't sink get in. get it. <laughs> I, I, and I have, I have this thing too, where I absorb information audibly so yep. much better. In I'm fact, if, if I want to remember something, I actually speak it. Yep. And then when I speak it, that. I'll hear it. And then I, yeah. So my wife's the opposite artist. and she can, she can read something and forever it is impressed into her memory. And I just go like, that is not me. How was that happening? You know, yeah. I, we talk about you. that so often because our oldest Jack is a lot like me and, and Jack can, and I get frustrated by it because I can be talking to that kid and it looks like he is on the moon. Right, like completely just yeah, but that's like his he's age. Giving too. me the finger, you oh, know, yeah, like yeah. fuck you, dad. I don't want to listen. 
And then a week will go by and, and he'll bring something up. He's like, yeah, just like you said, dad, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, he remembered oh, you were fucking yeah. listening to me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. They hear everything, yeah. by the way. They hear all yeah. my kids. Oh, like I could be screaming at them to come down and do some chores or something. They won't hear yep. that, but I'll be yep. like, I'll be like whispering something to Sarah about something or other. And, yeah. and then, then like all of a sudden Claus. here's the, comes the feet down the stairs. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's not how it happened. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right? whatever. We're You're failing this class. <laughs> yeah. They, they come to their defense really freaking quick. <laughs> when, right? Very conveniently they go uh, you know. deaf, you know, it's like, come on, you know. man. Can't Gotta love raising something. teenagers, by the way. Oh man. I, we're I can't, going, can't wait. <laughs> We're going through a period in our house where there's a little push and pull, uh, you know, uh, strong personalities, okay. and, you know, all that. And I remember what it was like to be a teenager yeah. and yeah. to want to grow up fast. Like you've oh. got raging hormones. You want to like go yes. and do and be and like be independent and you want all these things. And it's like, you think, you, but you you're, think you're still a kid. Up. You're still a kid. Yeah. You, you may have grown up in a similar way to me, it's, it's always, I've always thought that just listening to you tell your story and that, that our upbringings were fairly similar, you know, kind of lived in the woods and spent a lot of time working with, with our, our dads and that kind of thing. But I, I think as a product of living in the woods, I grew up around a lot of adults, you know, there weren't, there was no kid down the street. There was no neighborhood crew. Um, I had my crew from school, but if, I wasn't in school in the summer, you know, my crew was my old man and his friends, you know, who would come down in a place like we had, uh, before my parents got married, it was, um, it was the hangout, right? It was like everybody gathered down at Rocky top is what, it, what they called it. You know, like they all gathered down there to help Bart fix the basement or put paneling in the, in the yep. living room or whatever. It was just Thursday to Sunday. There was people down there visiting. Well, that kind of continued for several years after my parents got married and, you know, we moved down to the, to the house and everything else. Dudes just showed up, you know, Hey, what are you guys doing today? And they jumped sure. right in, pitch in. And it was, it was a lot of, a lot of fun, but it was also, influential in that I was always the youngest among adults, right? So you, you got more exposure to things. You got more experience with things that other kids may not have. Um, but it was different. You know, it was just a different way to grow up. It wasn't, wasn't running around with a crew of 15 year olds necessarily all the time. So yeah, I, I we, changes we, we didn't, we didn't have that either. Like I was, I'm like you, I was very, uh, I was, I, I spent a lot of time alone too, you know, like, yep. because we lived so far away from town, there was not a lot of kids out near us. And I was just basically alone a lot. My sister and I never really saw eye to eye. Uh, I was more like the annoying little brother three right. years apart. And she was more of a person that could just do, you know, be alone. She didn't really need anybody yeah. to hang out with. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll tell you, man, the, the life of growing up out in the woods was, had its benefits, but it also had its very, you know, a lot of downsides. Yeah. Um, and Dexter mm -hmm. is always telling me like, man, I wish we had more land. I want to like get dirt bikes and I want to ride. And, you know, oh, and I had 100%. all that. I had the all boys, that. Boys, we go back to Pennsylvania. 
both of my boys have said openly, in spite of all their friendships they have here in Boise and everything they've got going on, 100%, if I said we're moving to Pennsylvania tomorrow, they would cheer. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, because they um, have that space. It's like they would yeah, have a room to roam it. around. I yeah. will say that that was a very small piece of my life. You know, the, being on the mo- dirt bikes and stuff helped d- define me and helped me learn about how, you know, sure. motor cycles worked and clutches and yeah. drive a stick shift and all that shit. Uh, but there's just something to be said about having people near you, you know, having yeah, just people age, around right? you. Peers. Yeah. They peers. can, all the kids ride their bikes to school. It's very like, you know, yeah. America, like Americana, you know, everybody's yeah. just got their shit together. We're all doing our thing. The kids are, you know, hi, Patty. Riding the oh, bus hi, Bob. How are you this yeah, morning? Oh. I, exactly. It's very Edward <laughs> yep. Scissorhands, you know, we're all living yeah. in houses that look the same and all that shit. Yeah. And, a- and I get it. The grass is freaking greener on the other side. Yeah. I get it. I wish I had a different about it. There yeah. is something about it. I, I look back on it nostalgia, you know, with nostalgia in a lot of ways. But I also can see that other side, you know, I, I had, well, we, you know, where I grew up, the house sat on, on 50 acres and then that was surrounded by state forest and state oh, wow. game land. 50 you know, so, acres plus all the forest yeah. around it. That's like a huge roaming area, probably some rivers yeah. and lakes and stuff too. It was humongous, you know, and it, um, I think I was probably about 14 or 15 when we got a horse so I just hop on a horse and away you go. But, you know, um, we never had four wheelers or dirt bikes or anything like that. At, at the time, there was early on when my stepdad first bought the place, it was an old farm, you know, hundred and some plus years ago, it was an old farm and then it was strip mined. And so they came in and just basically knocked, you know, cut the mountain right off. And they were then, looking for what? Coal? coal yeah. yeah so then when they quote reclaim the strip mine uh they just bring in fill or the back fit you know they backfill with whatever sure. was dug up and oftentimes the bottom gets placed back on the top and so it's just a shale hill basically there's two two big fields is what it amounted to is what was left they plant some grass on top and so they strip the top off of the mountain they throw this shit dirt back on it, scatter some seed, and that's reclamation. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Makes sense, um, right? Yeah. So over the years, we would um, we would plant trees. Every year we'd go. There were big erosion ditches cut, maybe about six of them on each of the hillsides, uh, just contour lines, almost like a topographic map. And we would walk those uh, walk those ditches with a planting bar, you know, which is like a, a big metal stake with a triangle on the head, like a real fat, almost like an axe head or a, a splitting mall head is what it amounted to more or less. And a, a T-bar, it was formed into a T-bar so you could hold it with two hands, thrust it into the ground, and then there was another T-bar on the bottom so you could stomp your feet on it. So it was almost like a pogo stick uh, with a sharp point on the bottom instead of a spring. <laughs> okay. So okay. you, you, you would stick this thing into the fucking rock and dirt and shale, stick a little tree in there, a little tiny little seedling of a pine tree or whatever the hell it was. My stepdad would get 
just five gallon buckets chocked full of like a thousand tree seedlings. Sure. Uh, and we get a bunch of those and we just walk around in the hill every spring and plant these trees. Well, now today there are so many trees on that hill that you can barely see the top from the bottom. No I mean, kidding. it's just incredible how it's changed. And he's out there cutting brush every year. And so this they shit still, just grows. They still own it. Oh, yeah. I still live there. Yeah. In fact, when we go back to Pennsylvania, that's where we go uh, between there. And Christy's parents live in town about 30 minutes away. So it's it's a great dynamic. It's very Mayberry, you know. Sure. Um, so when you're feeling that need to to be connected to people and the land, you know, it gives you that just full dose every time you go back, which is kind of a, kind of a nice sanctuary. <laughs> I bet. I mean, you know, if you're in Boise, it seems like it's, it's very, it sounds similar. I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it sounds very yeah. like it, it, Florida is such a different, it's like alien landscape down here. Cause it, yeah. it just feel it, you know, there's just, it's just urban sprawl everywhere. You're, you're stuck. Uh, kind of in uh, strip mall hell. It's very similar to California in the nineties, yeah. late nineties, two thousands. I mean, I'm assuming California is the same way. It's been probably 15 years since I've been to California, but it feels a lot like that. You know, the stucco yep. homes and you know, all everything's the, everything. new and similar, right? <clears throat> exactly. Like There's not a lot very... of age here. Yeah. The houses yeah. are at best, made like the oldest houses are here you know here from the when it was a, a military uh, we had a um we had a, a camp here like a military camp and those houses are like from the 50s but pretty much everything else is like 80s 90s 2000s and newer uh and of course when i moved here this town was just like just small i mean it was just whatever it was a quiet little beach town and it's quickly 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 turning into uh, urban Florida. And, you know, it's with amazing. that comes all the benefits, you know, you get all the yeah. extra cool shit and nicer this and nicer yep. that, uh, That's and all the, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I look at it like that, like where I think to myself, like the upbringing I had being out in the woods and the forest and doing all this stuff, it was fun, but it was lonely. And I would, yeah. you know, there was a lot of things I wish would have been different, but at the same time, I have no complaints you know, yeah. when you look back, it makes you, like, uh, it is what it is. It makes you who you are in some ways, right? I'm sure you probably have thought that in some ways where at least insofar as I've always thought that, that living, living in a situation like that forces you to figure it out, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, there's exactly. no problem. Uh, you know, if, if you, uh, if you don't have eggs, you figure out something else, you know, because yep. you're not going to drive the half hour or whatever to just to go get a sure. fucking egg. Um, I want a drone to deliver my eggs now. That's like, coming. Sarah's like, you could just drive like five minutes over there and go get it. I'm like, hell no. I want a drone to drop my <laughs> eggs off right on my doorstep. And they all better be good, too. No cracks right. in those eggs. You God, know, the hardest it. part... Um, so being being a geographer and somebody who works with uh, spatial data, one of the challenges with that is our national addressing system because it's oh, not yeah. accurate enough. And so if, if I say, you know, one, two, three Charles Street, um, how the hell's a drone going to know where to land at one, two, three Charles Street? 
right? So there's sure. actually, um, and it's starting to get some steam behind it. There is a API called What Three Words, and it it randomly assigned three English words to every grid cell across the globe. And uh, I think the grid cells are like a one meter by one meter or maybe even smaller. So you might have, you know, like box, hammer, chicken is your address. Uh, oh. And that that describes the three side, you know, three of the four sides of that little pixel uh, where your drone land landing and pad because is. there's so many unique words and so many unique combinations you yeah. can literally name every, every square one of those pixels of and the they globe. won't match up to anyone else that's interesting yeah every square meter of the globe and so in and why i guess it's catching on some would say well we've got lat longs you know, latitude and longitude. Why don't we just right. use that? It's highly accurate. And yeah, it is, but it, who's going to remember, you know, 44.36278954 by negative 112 point blah, 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 blah. Nobody's going to remember that chip, but you'll remember, well, maybe not. What did I say earlier? Hammer box chicken. <laughs> right. You know, you'll, you'll remember those three words. So it's kind of a neat, uh, we've, we've seen it used on a few different fires where folks are calling out the the what three words coordinates instead of lat longs and it's like that's kind of (laughs) cool i i just i think that we are becoming um as a society i'd like to think that we're becoming smarter as we move forward but dumber in certain regards because you know we're oh, yeah. relying on you know technology to do so much for us, which you I go. you know I get it. You know I, I it's personally not like you'll feel, have a calculator in your pocket, Brian. You got to be able to walk addition. around and do like advanced trigonometry, <laughs> like with a little screen. You won't be able to do all that. You know what? Fuck you! It's I do. Not like I you'll got have one the right world's now. fucking knowledge with you yeah. all the time. You and know? I'll tell you what. Yeah, exactly. I'm. You know, we had this argument in our house because both of our teenage kids are doing. Um, they're not doing so hot in algebra. No, I wouldn't either. And, you know, it's so difficult. I get it. I like, yeah. I had to take a ton of algebra when I was even all the way up through college. I use none of it now. I use absolutely no. zero. However, I didn't once have to take a class on like aggregate uh, credit card debt. Or, you know, right. any of that. It always seems very odd Your to me. actual fucking life thing. Yeah, like right? shit that I should know that like really yeah. seriously affects me. But you know what? Yeah. I can do calculus and analytic geometry, which well, I do. I do use some analytic geometry, by the way. Yeah. Now, because I'm designing yeah, shit. Yeah, of course. But, but. There used to be this thing called home economics, but we eliminated But only the girls in my generation. <laughs> it was the girls that went there and the boys True. went to wood, wood shop and yeah. you know um i was one of the smart kids and i was like i want to go into uh home ec <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, i want to hang out with all the girls you know <laughs> the but ladies. Uh, they I, I think they convinced me not watch to do me it, balance fact. my checkbook honey <laughs> <laughs> watch me iron this shirt oh let <laughs> yeah. me just take it off <laughs> oh Hello. you don't use spray starch oh that's how i ended up in the principal's office <laughs> <laughs> i tell you man the, in these basic life skills which by the way are yeah. super important like the kids are always like why do we have Huge to clean our rooms i'm like because your future spouse will thank us 
because yeah. you're not a derelict freaking like idiot with piles of like shit I that said, smell all over the place. You got to take care of your stuff. It's like they don't, nobody ever episode, teaches this in school. Know? We Not sound like the extent. oldest fucking guys on the we planet. We do. Right? Ben, we do, this but it's bullshit. Back in my yeah. day, we ran it. We listened to the <laughs> AM radio. And we read the newspaper. We learned was our fucking times tables. We knew them off the fucking bullets. top of our heads. <laughs> That's it. I will tell you what. I have had yeah. numerous experiences in my recent life where I have felt super old. And I'm just yes. like, fuck me, man. I don't even know what to do with this information. Yeah, no. And I'm like, I can't go through another midlife crisis. I already went through one. So yeah, what do I do now? now? Like a 58% <laughs> crisis? I can deal with the gray hair. You know, I can deal with it falling out and yep. waking up feeling like a, uh, you know, an arthritic old man. But yeah, it, it gets to that point where you, you do start to feel old, but and I'm sure every generation goes through it, right? I, I know they do. That's why there's a thing called a midlife crisis, right? We all, oh, yeah. we all look look at these moments in time and reflect and go like, "Holy shit, things are so fucking different." And and I don't think it's good, or I I think it's bad, or I think it's indifferent, or maybe you do think it's good, but you know, at some level, change happens. It's a fucking freight train that we oh, cannot, you stop. cannot stop. you cannot stop. I say <laughs> that know? all the time. I'm like, that train has left the station and you aren't stopping it. And that's what your life is. Which, by the way, yep. leads me to my next comment, my next segue, which is the finalization of the show, is I hope <clears throat> that all of you, as much as possible, are taking the time to get what you need by doing the work in your shops, whatever it might be, yeah. the projects that you're yeah. working on, I hope that you're doing that. And I also hope that you're sharing it and you're tagging us in it and work for it and the work for it podcast, because I know yeah. that I, I will tell you, I would not be doing the work I'm doing if it weren't for the makers who came before me, who said like, Hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to share it. And I'm going to show others what I'm up to Absolutely. and how I did it. And then I am going to try to inspire others, whether they thought that was the case or not. They probably didn't. Some of them probably didn't realize how much inspiration and how much they've changed the world for a lot of people. And hopefully the trajectory of the human race, because they shared something with someone else. And that's Dude, never... truly important. Yeah, there's never been a time like this in our history, right? Never. And where where sharing information is literally as easy as standing up out of a chair. You Absolutely. know, it's it's almost quite literally that easy and that simple to comprehend how to do it, you know, and everything else, whether it's a post to Instagram, a story on Instagram, a YouTube video, uh, whatever the hell it is. It's simple. It really, truly is. You know, if a dumbass like me can do it fairly regularly for three or so <laughs> years, every goddamn day, anybody can do it, right? And and you're so right. Like, I wouldn't be sharing if it weren't for other people that shared stuff and inspired me to do it. I, I've made shit my entire life, you know, since sticking a spud bar in the ground to plant a seedling and building tree forts and everything else all the way up till now. But 
I went through a period of time where I didn't make shit, you know, and I will say that finding my way back into that and building up my workshop and being a member of a community of people that also enjoy that, it has. It's completely changed my life, um, my perspective on life and my outlook for the future. And I think it's it's quite literally because people have shared that process, that same process that they underwent online. And I think it's it's neat. I I wondered recently, and maybe this maybe you'll have some insight. Do you think that, you know, to some level, there's still that stigma of an online community, right? Like they're not real people or it's not a real friendship. Do you think over time that'll fade? That'll, that'll just disappear? And it'll it already is. As normal I, I as, think, yeah. I think people say, oh, I have friends on the internet and then everybody goes, ha ha yeah. ha, whatever. Like, I mean, how many of the people do you see now in fate, in person, face to face, uh, I, I totally think that stigma will go away. I, I wanted to yeah. touch on something you said earlier about the work we do. I have yeah. had numerous people in my immediate sphere tell me recently that the work that I do is not really work. And it's been like, they're like, oh, you're just messing around in your workshop, put it on the internet and yeah. whatever else. There you go. I, and my argument for this is um, if this isn't real work, I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to, uh, establish this as real work, you know, quote unquote real work, but it's hard for me to establish that with people who have never done work like this. It's just like something so brand new. How do you, if this isn't real work though, NBC wouldn't exist. ABC wouldn't exist. Fox network. They don't take it. You know, (laughs) they don't see it the same way. It's like not in the same category, but here, here's my argument for this is to me, this feels like the most important work I've ever done in my entire life. And I've had a lot of jobs that people would deem as very important and, Mm -hmm. and they would deem my role in whatever organization, whether it be the the CEO of a company or, or the leader of a team, they deemed that work very important, but none of it fulfilled me or made as big of a change than the work that I'm doing right now. And meanwhile, this has been by far the most successful venture I've ever been a part of, both financially and um, influentially and existentially, creatively. I mean, all these things yeah. have come have come now around full circle and put uh, basically patched and filled the hole that was inside of me professionally for a lot of years. So, um, you know, I, I hope that at some point people will see it as real work. I would imagine that a lot of people over the years that were venturing into different um, sure. sort of categories of work felt the same thing. I mean, and that's yeah, totally yeah. normal because I think yeah. it's hard for people to reach outside of the box when they're stuck inside of one. Yeah, I agree. I and I and it it is. It, it's a weird place, and and it's weird for a very good reason. And I think you just kind of summarized it uh, in your conclusion there. It's brand fucking new, right? right. It's brand spanking new. Uh, this concept of uh, someone like you, you you've basically created your own publishing company, right, or your own um, network so yep. to speak, where, you know, if, if you take between the DIY grinders group, 
that you've got between your YouTube videos being put out consistently and regularly and your daily updates on Instagram and all of that, you are a, a miniaturized version of a television network in a lot of ways with the added bonus that you bring with you a community of like-minded people, right? And yes. I think that's, to me, there's the power, there's the magic, right? All these people that we interact with from the podcast combined with the people from your channel and my channel, we develop this community that no TV network has ever been able to do, right? Like, yep. let's yep. just say that as a fact. Um, and so I think to me, that's what makes it so right or so special is, yeah, sure. We're sharing, we're teaching, we're learning, we're reciprocating, but we're also interacting and we're also, you know, building community that, um, otherwise didn't exist. And whether it's online or we all lived in the same fucking town, it doesn't much matter. You know, it doesn't matter at all. I liken it to my college experience. So, you know, you you, I would yeah. go to college. I went to a big university. You'd sit in a room full of 300 people and you wouldn't really know everybody, but you would, you would have this sense of camaraderie. Everybody was kind of doing the same thing, learning the same stuff. And, but this FaceTime was very minimal. Uh, you, uh, of course, you sort of pull five to eight people into your sphere, and those are the people that you hang with, and those are the the close people that you, um, your your life kind of becomes in college. Those are your friends. Yeah. And I feel the same way about this. Is that it's like I'm in a huge room called the internet, and I've now you know been able to start learning or teaching, and I'm broadcasting out, and I have this select group of people that kind of like come along for the ride. And it's a lot yeah. bigger than eight people, but it's it's definitely right. that same kind of energy. But anyway, hey That's, Ben, yep. I, I wanted to yeah. I wanted to say thanks to everyone who has listened to the Work for It podcast. Man. We are growing at an exponential rate on uh, every major podcast platform. We are seeing uh, ourselves get into the uh, top one hundred in a lot of different uh, countries Ooh, all over yep. the world. And uh, we're climbing the charts every single day. So we truly appreciate you listening and supporting. We have new patrons. I don't know exactly who they are. I have to get on Patreon. I, I haven't looked, that. but we did get a couple new patrons. And people thank are you. donating to our cause. And thank you so much. And very soon we will have this video thing figured out so that we can get on YouTube and you can see our faces and while we're doing yep. this and, uh, you know, all of that. I podcast in the nude, by the way, completely nude hmm. uh, from the waist down looking at them right now yeah <laughs> it's a it's it's an added benefit of being on the on the podcast you, you know you, hey, get, you get the all man, of me all of me it's I florida i'm hot what are you talking i don't about? judge here. i don't judge <laughs> we've all got them you might as well see them it's it that's it that's <laughs> yeah, it i'm gonna i'm gonna break out my workman's kilt in the oh, future here there's a dude lives down the road down the street from me here he's a scottish man and he wears yeah. a kilt Tis a plumber, yeah. <laughs> does he plumb he does in a the, kilt? He does the plumbing, yeah. Please tell me. The, <laughs> well, his he's balls a, he's are a, hanging out a general while he's contractor. Your drain. Yeah. Yeah, he's a general contractor and uh I, he people probably wouldn't let him get away with it except for it literally looks like he could crush your fucking balls you know, with his whiskers <laughs> he's picking up cars and stuff and like throwing oh, man, whole just, trees across the street about, 
I'm guessing about five, seven, you know, just brick shit house. <laughs> I, I, I picture him carrying one of those big logs. Like what are those, the saber toss yeah, yeah. or whatever? The big fucking yeah, the pole, log, telephone the, poles. Yeah. Yeah. The log Highland toss. games. He's a badass motherfucker. I think his name's Smith. Makes sense. I remember he used to be the water master. We have a water master because <laughs> in Boise, we get ditch water from the irrigation canal. Oh, sure. The water, well, he was in charge of all that. So he would come around and fix culverts in the spring and this and that and the other thing. And really good dude, but nice. Yeah, it's nice. kind of funny. <laughs> well, listen, Ben, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, I, man. Got, I got, I got to get back to work, believe it or not. Well, I'm, Me I'm too, working brother. for it today. So listen, hey, have a fantastic weekend, everybody who's listening to the Work For It podcast yeah. this weekend is uh easter just to remind you uh, oh, yeah. of uh good friday is tomorrow so you'll you'll be yep. uh most likely taking the day off and i hope that you uh are um enjoying that time maybe getting in the work workshop hanging out with your family and friends enjoying easter and then throughout the weekend i hope you guys get some workshop time and you get to work for it I'm Brian House, and this has been the Work For It podcast. You all are much appreciated. Ben Jammin Butler, we will see you next week. Have a good day and a good week, and remember to go work for it. Work for it, baby. All right, adios. Later. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.